What's up, podcast listeners? We're back. Another great episode of, yep, you guessed it, the Matt Baxter Show. I am hanging out with Sevi Mangrum. Sevi Mangrum is just a wildly fascinating character. Uh, Got to give a lot of love and shouts out to Lauren uh, for the introduction per usual. Um, Sevi is all into the world of holistic lifestyle coaching guide, uh, basically helping people come along, de-stress, declutter, and just become just become a lot more centered around, you know, putting yourself in a place that you can think clearly, you can think more strategically, your, your, your heart's in a much better spot. And the work he's doing is absolutely fantastic. It's both, both on the personal coaching side, it's on company coaching side, and also it's leading retreats as well too. So Sevi, I just want to say a huge thank you to the work that you're doing, a huge thank you to the impact that you're having on people's lives, the holistic coaching that you're doing, and putting people in a place where their mind is much more right. So Sevi, thanks for the man that you are. Uh, and I just want to say thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I did. Sevi, my friend, thanks for being a guest on the show. Hey, Matt, pleasure to be on here, man. Where uh, where in the world are you recording from? Uh, so I am in Venice, California. <clears throat> where there's never any good weather. You probably don't go outside. Kind of an indoor, you know, a little bit of caveman. Yeah, sure. yeah, you got it right, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that where you grew up? Uh, no, I was uh, born and raised in Chicago. I love that. We got another Midwesterner. So I... So, uh, are you familiar with uh, Holland, Michigan? I know of it. I don't. I've never, you know, been there, experienced it, and I don't know the main redeeming qualities about it. Uh, so, <laughs> tulips and Dutch people. I'll, I'll boil it down really quickly for you. But uh, like I, I went to school there. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> I uh, I went to school there, and and so the, Chicago was about a two and a half hour drive, and so we had a lot of buddies back and forth. So Chicago is uh, to this day like literally one of my favorite, favorite, favorite cities. It's especially yeah. Place. I mean, I'm biased, but it's it's definitely the best city in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can actually I think I could agree with that. I really it's, do. I, I would I would lean towards it's just, that. <laughs> it's just so real. It's so people from Chicago are so real. You know, there's no false pretense like out in L.A. There's no over exaggerated, uh, belligerent approach like in like New York and the things that people adopt that are transplants that move there. Chicago just it is what it is. <laughs> it's so true. It's such a good word. So uh, give me the background, man. Give me the life story. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> it's subtle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's start with a softball. Keep it easy. Oh, right. geez, man. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, you, you're gonna have to get a little more specific because I could go down so many different rabbit holes and talk your ear off for on one super specific thing. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where 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 do you want me to begin? <laughs> like, what? Let's let's start with like, give me give me the high level uh, the high level childhood of growing up in Chicago. Walk, give me give me give me a couple details on that. What was that? Yeah, like? I mean, growing up in Chicago was uh, it was beautiful. It was a great experience. It was living in the inner city, not actually from the you know suburbs like most people will tell you that they're from chicago but they're actually from the suburbs uh growing up in the city it was just a really profound experience to be able to be integrated in so many different socioeconomics so many different cultures so many different ways of living i was i was blessed to have an upbringing uh, that was really eclectic in terms of the individuals that i was 
just found myself around through different means, whether school, whether neighborhood, uh, what might you have, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's just so many, so many different ways of experiencing life. I was, I was able to get introduced to, uh, from a really young age. And that really kind of shaped a lot of who I am today. You know, having, you know, having knowing people and having family, friends and people that, you know, come from great means to, you know, having friends and, seeing, you know, <clears throat> individuals really suffer and struggle and, and have a really rough life and everything in between that. Um, so. It's such it's such a unique perspective, especially as you're as you're as you're highlighting, like living in inner cities that that comes so true is that you have the wealthiest of the wealthy either working or living in some of the nicest places in the city. And then you also have right next to those buildings are maybe homeless people or maybe somebody who's living, you know, struggling to make ends means or whatever it is. And it's such a, it's such like a interesting contrast mm-hmm. of like just, just witnessing that. And I don't mean people watching in like a heartless way, because obviously there's people suffering, but just to sit back and witness what's going on is one of the, just, it, it, it's wild. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was blessed enough to be integrated into the different communities. It wasn't like I was just witnessing or just seeing them from afar. I mean, I was, you know, fully, fully ingrained with, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, friends of mine that, you know, ran and were deeply connected with some of the most prominent black gangs in Chicago to friends that, you know, had, you know, such exuberance and, uh, and such, you know, uh, big things and beautiful things and, you know, be able to be in, you know, on fancy vacations and all of that. And, and just, yeah, just seeing the polarities and then everything in between in terms of what the human experience can present you with due to so many different factors. It was pretty, pretty mind blowing and even just expressing it. I'm just looking back and reflecting on, on, on how unique of an experience it was. Yeah. It's I, I've had a one of my good friends I've had a, as a guest on this podcast and he talked about kind of his upbringing through the gang like he he, he was in gangs and um, you know fortunately got out of it and has put together just you know figured out his life and and uh, one of the interesting comments he made is that he at the time felt like he couldn't get away from that um, for for you know it sounds like you're you you've you know known people who who have who have gone down that path do you feel like from your perspective, does it seem like it's something that uh, people didn't feel like they had another option other than to do oh, that? No question. No question. I, mean, I saw yeah. so many, so many broken, upset, tragically divided homes uh, growing up from friends. And it's like, yeah, I understand it, you know, and then you couple in so many other, you know, elements that, uh, that put trauma on a person or on a community or on a family. And it's like, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it makes, makes absolute sense. So, you know, not to say that that it's a great choice, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it definitely is understandable. Well, it's so odd when you, I mean, when you boil it down, like the concept of like a gang, like it's it in, in, in one sense, it's a community. So for as destructive and, and difficult and, bad as they are for some people who are coming from that it's a community in one way shape or form and you know how do you how do you <laughs> it's it's just a it's a it's a challenging thing so anyways um what uh what caused you to uh, leave chicago so uh yeah it's a beautiful fast forward but uh, you know some uh some fun fun interesting bits there uh so i was working for a uh fitness and health corporation in chicago and 
they offered me an opportunity to open up a new facility in Los Angeles. And, you know, there was always an intrigue and interest. I'd always been California dreaming as a, as a young man. And uh, it just, the stars aligned and, you know, I got presented with a great opportunity. And so I made the move. Were you, uh, were you an athlete growing up? Um, I, I mean, again, yeah, we all have an inner athlete within us. I wouldn't, I, w- I would call myself an athlete. Um, but for me, I transitioned more from doing athletics for the sake of performance to doing it for the sake of, of expression. Um, so yeah, so I played basketball when I was young. That was, I mean, growing up in Chicago in the nineties, like if you weren't into basketball, you were like exiled. So it was just in my <laughs> DNA and then growing up. In, you had yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. In our inner city, Chicago, it was just, it was life. It was life. Um, and a lot of that influenced my transition from there into, uh, dance. Um, so, so Yeah. So you, uh, I heard you say, and I'm going to botch the exact wording, but basically how you went from uh, athletic, athletic uh, as an athlete, not in the change from competition to an expression. Kind of walk me, walk me through the difference of those two things. Yeah. So you know, I mean, most athletics people are doing it, yes, because they have a passion for it, but it really ends up being about an outcome, right? Performing well. You know, getting you know, you know, winning uh, stats, data, all this, that, and the other. You know, of course, people you know, people get into it for the love of the game, but it becomes a business, and it becomes this this whole different thing. And I found that movement for me, if we put athletics under the umbrella of movement, um, and then we put self-expression in in the form of movement like dance or martial arts under that umbrella of movement it's it's just a different approach it's more for the artistry of it um and so i was really drawn to that uh to art in general and so i shifted from being athletic and performance driven to driven just to express myself for the sake of healing for the sake of better understanding who i am what, um, when'd you first, uh, when, when, uh, like outside of, you know, maybe dancing at a wedding or outside of maybe, you know, uh, karaoke or, you know, line dance or whatever it is. Although karaoke is literally about the one social thing I will never do. Um, so <laughs> disregard that one. But, uh, with that being said, what outside of just like fun, uh, fun sort of, you know, social dancing, when would you say was the first time, uh, I, I think using your words, like you kind of, you actually use it as a, as a mechanism to express yourself. Mm, I mean, that's a good question. I, mean, I started taking classes when I was about um, 15 or 16. Uh, but I remember um, as I was starting to learn and you know, uh, dive deep into the expression of dance and specific styles of dance, uh, I, uh, I found myself performing. Uh, I was actually mimicking a street performer on Michigan Avenue. I was uh, just copying them as they were doing a, a street show and uh yeah it uh moved into you know him uh calling me you know into the center of his uh you know his space and his performance space and and having us have an exchange with each other and so that was probably when i was about 16 and that uh that shifted everything from there um what kind of uh what kind of dance like again i'm i'm gonna preface the fact that i know literally nothing about dancing um 
what kind of dance uh, do you do? Is there a certain style, certain type, certain range? I mean, what? Yeah. Walk me through that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So essentially, I've kind of accumulated over you know the age of sixteen to you know, thirty four, just grabbing from different styles. And I, I would say I have my own style now. But what I was trained in was in funk styles, in popping, new school hip hop. Um, what they call funk styles. So funk styles are the styles of dance that became popularized in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, from break dancing to popping to locking, which are all of their own unique styles that emanate from different parts of the country. And so I was learning learning the you know history of those those styles and uh, tapping into that uh, into that space. Is that something that you, uh, no, I know, you, I know you mentioned like the change of competition, but do you compete yeah. in that or is it like, do no you, doubt. do you, oh, okay. So that's like, that. there's like, there's like active competitions. Yeah. Do you also do like, would you do that sort of style for, uh, like a role in a film or a role in like a play? Yeah, sure. Sure. All of, all of the above. I mean, I used to compete. I used to showcase all over, all over the city, all over the U S. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful, yeah, you know, beautiful experience on, in that regard. And yeah, you can, you know, take those styles and those expressions of movement and perform on Broadway with them or perform in, you know, uh, commercials or in movies. I mean, there's been so many dance movies that highlight uh, certain uh, dances that are in in alignment with funk styles and hip hop and uh, and all of that. So yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. I'm 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 asking probably the dumbest questions. So well, thank you for bearing with only, me. On it's, only, it's only dumb if you say they are. You know, it's, it's <laughs> well, I'm saying they're dumb. <laughs> well, I think, so um, I think for. Uh, <laughs> Oh, go ahead. No, I, just, Sorry, I think they're say. beautiful. I think it just it's a it's a curiosity, and, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Do you um, so when you are doing like when you're prepping for dance, is it is it like hammering the home hammering home the same routine over and over again? Or are you doing more like, I mean, obviously you're training and prepping as an athlete. Uh, you're stretching, you're probably doing some yoga. There's a whole wide range of things, but like, is, is most of it like find like, here's a routine and go do it. Or is it creating your own routine? Well, it, it depends. There's uh, it can be either, you know, I mean, there are people that get ready to compete and they're doing synchronized choreography with a group of other dancers that they need to really dial in and be on point for, or, you know, I mean, today, the way in which I approach movement has completely changed is I'm not competing or performing anymore. I'm not learning steps. I just move my body just to move my body to feel to connect deeply with myself. Um, so there's nothing that I need to memorize or prepare for. It's just, it's just going off of a feeling. That's, I think I might need to come to a little dance. Yeah. Cause I could probably I, use all that. I will say you'll probably, you, it, you know, I'm looking for a little personal validation. I just started doing some hot yeah. yoga and, uh, there are, there are, I will, I'm shocked. So I've tons of sports injuries, a uh, bunch of concussions. I'm like five foot two. So little man trying to play big sports sort mm -hmm. of thing. And uh, um, I am shocked at even doing it for six weeks now, how much, number one, like obviously the physical components to it, but also just, I mean, as, as everybody talks about, like the breath work and how important that is, how different I've noticed 
things changing. Like I, I, I'm shocked at how amazing it's been. I'm proud of you, man. That's beautiful that you stepped into into that unknown or what was an unknown uh, up until recently. And I mean, it's yeah. Again, it's like the lowest hanging fruit in to improve and optimize our human experience is movement and breath. Right? We have to move to get food. We have to move to, you know, uh, put all of our systems to work, you know, and then we have to breathe to keep ourselves alive. And so just the intentional doing of those things makes such a difference. What's been, what, um, the most, uh, throughout your day, you, you're probably not gonna be able to answer this cause it's a pretty broad one. Is there like a moment that you were performing or, that it wasn't just you, but was there a moment like, man, this is like the highest I've ever felt, or this is like one of the most like, I, give me, give me like a cool story that you have from that 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 was just either either something that uh, struck a chord internally for you, or maybe the audience, or whatever it was. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, it's about sharing stage with other gifted artists, and so being on stage with. Uh, one of my idols, and that was Black Thought, Quest Love of the Roots. They're a, um, a hip-hop band. They're like the first like really prominent hip-hop jazz band that became, you know, a little bit more in the mainstream. And so I got to be on a perform on stage with them at the House of Blues in Chicago. That was like full peak experience. I mean, it was full out of body, just having, you know, just some of my idols on stage with me, like just like bouncing their head as they were like, you know, you know, watching me freestyle is yeah, that was one of one of many peak experiences. That's, uh, that's so cool. I, um, yeah, I think I need to I think I, you're gonna give me number one, a better appreciation for dance. Number two, I'm gonna probably uh, go down a mental rabbit hole of uh, trying to understand it more. But it's, it's, that's a special thing. And plus, it's, it's it's uh, I'm obviously you're probably interacting with a uh, a lot of professional dancers, but it's such a niche world that if you don't know anything about it, you don't know anything about it. So, um, number one, thank you for your uh, your your focus on it because it's going to cause me to be more interested in it too. So that's cool yeah, stuff. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I mean, the the most beautiful thing is just having an open mind, right? To go and find the niche things or have conversations with people that can present you with something that is outside your zone of genius, but yet still that peaks a part of yourself that is yearning to be, you know, acknowledged. So that's beautiful. What what would be a uh, that's that's it's such an interesting. So what's an area that you know will never be a genius of yours, but you're fascinated by? Mm, 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 mm. Oh, I mean, shit. Like every other person who's wanting to say, fuck the system, cryptocurrency. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, to me, that's it's one of the reasons I started the show was like, so, like, so the, 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 broad, the broad picture behind this is like, Let's tell stories about purpose and passion with the intention of sharing such a wide range of stories so that somebody somewhere who might be a little lost, just need a little encouragement, can listen to any of them. Not me, just asking questions of really brilliant, amazing people, be able to share the story. And if they if they can listen to them and say, if that person can do it, so can mm -hmm. I. You know, it's that's 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 the point of it. And that's why I love this. And I, I don't gain I don't make a penny off of it. And it's just it's just pure joy. Mm -hmm. But selfishly like completely narcissistically i get to experience so many different people's genius mm -hmm. in a very unique opportunity for them just to talk and i get to ask questions and it's one of the most fun things because there's so many different like 
there's so many different sort of rabbit holes, if you will, that people go down with their brain and build careers out of it, build big businesses and build legacies behind. And I'm like, of course, I'm not going to be able to do any of this or half of it, but it's so cool just to hear like the, all the different directions people take life, the blank canvas that life is and the different directions they go with it. It's just freaking cool thing. Yeah, man. I'd say cool. so, man. What a joy. What a joy to be able to have that experience. You know, because I mean, some people never do. Some people never speak to someone outside of their, uh, you know, approach to life or their community or their, you know, uh, race or their socioeconomic group or whatever, you know, so to be able to to share that and have that understanding. And, and like you said, with the hope, with the dream for it to reach people, to be touched, moved and inspired. It's a special thing for sure. Um, so you uh, you made the move out to California, and obviously you uh, you've stuck around. So what what kept you there? Uh, uh, I mean, gosh, so much. Um, I mean, first and foremost, it is it is the land of opportunity. It is the it is the greatest illusion of all time. Los Angeles, everything is is uh, you know. Um, yeah, is, is a, quite a fallacy, but uh, which makes it also hilarious at the same time. Uh, so it's important to have a good sense of humor out here. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the weather is beautiful, as you, you were, you know, uh, hinting at earlier, and uh, so much opportunity. And there's a lot of very progressive, interesting, unique individuals out here. Uh, a lot of people up their own ass as well, of course. Lots of that. None of that. I've heard none of that. Experience none of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm always humbling myself to pull myself out of my own ass. Um, you know, so it's very, very important. You know, always staying a student of the game of life. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just yeah, there's so much. There's so much out here. I've met some, you know, unbelievable people, and um, yeah, I mean, the touch points to so many amazing places. You know. It's, uh, I mean, you name it, <laughs> San Diego, uh, Big Sur, uh, Santa Barbara, short trip down to San Diego, Mexico, you know, uh, I couldn't give a damn about Vegas, but some people like that proximity. Um, yeah, I mean, so much. There's just so much out here. Um, when uh, when did you so obviously I'm, I'm, I'm going to want you to dive into the uh, dive into the company, but when. When uh, in this whole process did you start thinking about what you started? What start thinking about what you started? That's a great word, a great way to say that. Thanks. Let me take that <laughs> one back. Sorry about that. The question is, uh, when, when did you when did you begin thinking? Obviously, you're going to dive into what you got going on with the, with your business and everything there. But um, when did that sort of adolescent idea start? I mean, you know, it started from the very beginning, man. I mean, as you know, uh, the big shift for me is by being introduced into therapeutics uh, at a very young age. Um, so being eight years old and uh, um, being presented and invited into the opportunity to uh, talk to the to a therapist, that's kind of where all of this all really drove to up to this point right now is just, yeah, allowing allowing and stepping into a space of healing. Um, and, and that just really opened the door for me wanting to be an anchor and a source of support uh, for others. You don't have to answer this question if you don't want, but um, as an eight-year-old, did you want to go to therapy or did, were you basically asked to go to therapy? Uh, no, no, I was invited. My mom invited me into the opportunity to do that after my parents divorced. And mm. uh, and so I I knew, I knew that my mom, I just used to, 
a good instinct already at the age of eight. I knew that my mom had my best interest. And so I, I stepped into it and it was a beautiful experience. And it's, yeah, it was the slingshot that shot me into, uh, onto the path that I'm on. That's uh, it's, it's a pretty unique, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hedge a bet that I, I bet you you were in the anomaly of people who at a young age got asked or, you know, got invited to and, 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 and had a positive outlook on it. I, uh, my, I'm sorry to hear about your parents. My parents divorced as well. And I was also asked to go <laughs> and I did not have as positive of an outlook on it. And so I certainly wish that I, I, I did obviously lots, you know, change and it's, I see a therapist now and I love it. And it's been amazing. And, I've gone through coaching and I mean, there's a lot of different things, like different, different ways that's, that's looked. But, um, as a, as an eight year old who had an open mind and positive about that, I think is pretty, uh, pretty special thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I co-sign on that. I mean, I, I, I just, it was just a belief, you know, it was just a knowing, it was just a feeling that was like, okay, this is, this is, this is something for me. Um, you know, not something to be, to be afraid of or to shy away from, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and it, I needed it because the, the rest of my life was going to be beautiful, but yet filled with a lot of trauma. And, uh, and so, yeah, I was blessed to have that as a, a good foundation. It's a really, uh, really, uh, a strong, sturdy, um, ground point. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, uh, tell me more about pain to power. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, kind of flipping into like the antithesis of all this. So, um, you know, in a broad brushstroke, uh, the pain to power program is a 90 day holistic health coaching program that I created over my 12 plus years of coaching and also my, you know, <laughs> 26 years of, uh, I, the, the term that's become popular and I was doing the work, but um, I, I like to call it living into the truth, uh, the truth of who I am. And so, you know, I've been really uh, harnessing a lot of skills that I provide through the Pain to Power program. And it's built off of uh, three pillars of life that I live my life by and I use for all of my uh, clients, students, uh, anyone uh, kind of to seek any, any wisdom and any insights from me. And that is uh, movement optimization and recovery and those three things are the, are the framework to live a healthy conscious and peaceful life um so that's kind of a broad brushstroke on it do you um do you find that a lot of people who are you know uh seeking you out on the program are they people that want to be there or people that are forced or asked to make a change in their no, life. Absolutely not. People I only I only work with people that are ready. Yeah. I don't I can't bother with anyone that is not wanting to to go there. Um it, keep going. Sorry. No, 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 that's 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 it essentially. There's not really I can yeah. I can embellish on that more, but that's really at the root of it. No, I, I mean I I'd love that. And it's uh it's I like I like how you phrase that it's for people who are ready, right? That's such a that's such a beautiful way. It's not necessarily people who are have arrived, but they're, they're, they're in a space where they're, uh, able to take on that, that life change and seeking it themselves. I, I asked that because, um, with my startup, I run into a lot of, uh, let's say venture backed companies or, um, 
relatively high up executives. And, you know, it's interesting how a lot of them are being asked to go through coaching or being asked to go through some psychotherapy, you know, obviously for the, for the performance and the output of the business. But I've always found that interesting that somebody else is asking them to do it. And I feel like that's not really the best way to go about it. I feel like a lot of this is so driven from somebody's desire, not, not a lot of it. I feel like it all is driven by some person's desire to change and make their life better. And maybe, maybe I'm off basis, but that's, I don't know. I, I've always been fascinated by, by, by that. Bingo. <laughs> yes, sir. Have you found a, uh, have you found a niche, if you will, of sort of, uh, type of client that you like working with or type of person that you like improving? Obviously everybody, everybody, uh, could move a little bit more. Right. And I, I mean, I, you can, you can cover a wide gamut, but is there, has, has there been like a niche of what you you've focused on or naturally kind of found who you've been working with? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just the person that's willing to step into all expressions of developments and better understanding of oneself. So people that are, people that are willing to go deep, um, and, uh, you know, of course, you know, they can, uh, only meet, uh, or I can only meet them as willing, as deep as they're willing to meet themselves. So there's different, uh, ranges of how, how deep people are willing to go. But, you know, the person I like is just the, you know, the person that's, that's not being forced into it. I mean, like we were talking about before, it's, um, it's, it's about choosing, choosing a path to really take a different, more holistic approach on one's well-being and one's journey um, because it's not linear it's so three-dimensional i mean you can't expect to improve your overall human experience just because you move your body and you eat well right what's your you know how is your how is your you know approach in terms of your time management uh how is your connection with you know the parts of yourself that exist in your psyche you know I and mean, there's uh, there's so many different uh elements and ways in which you can sharpen your sword and uh, deepen your connection with yourself. So then therefore deepening, deepening the connection with your external experience and the people outside of you. So, so it's, you know, for me, it's the person that is, you know, the heart centered individual who really wants to make an impact on their community and those around them, they want to be of service. And so they want to be of deep service to themselves. That's the person that, um, that really uh, touches me. For somebody who wants to improve, uh, you know, take strides towards just well-being and, you know, improving themselves, what's sort of the first step that somebody could take? Let's say you got somebody out there who's going to listen to this and, you know, they may never get a chance to do one of their programs, which one of your programs, which I hope they do. But somebody may briefly listen to this. Do you have like any snippet of recommendation to say, you know, somebody who's out there struggling, but wanting to find something and willing to change? What's like the first step they can take? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's low hanging fruits. You know, it's, it's also first, it's really looking at themselves and saying, here's where I'm at right now, whatever that looks like. So from that framework, then it goes, okay, what is lowest hanging fruit for me? What's the easiest thing I can do? And for most people, that's movement, you know, to the degree in which you're willing to move your body is up to you and depending on where you're at. But, you know, it could just be going out for a long walk without your phone or without any devices, right? Preferably in nature. Something simple, right? That's easy. That's easy. I mean, obviously, if you live in New York City or a very densely populated city, it might be a little tough, but... There's parks in most towns. Oh, yeah. So doing that and then stacking on top of that, taking a moment to just be still. If you can, take your shoes off. 
Place your bare feet in the grass, sand, dirt. Take a moment to put your hand on your heart. And just breathe. Slowly. Taking a nice inhale in through your nose. Nice exhale out through your mouth. It's as simple as that. Starting there, you know, make a few better, simple food choices. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be a full makeover. It doesn't have to be a full protocol or diet. Just simple things. Hmm. That's, uh, it's simple and it's a beautiful thing. And I, I, uh, I might go back and re-listen to that just because, uh, <laughs> it's, um, uh, that, that, that right there is such a simple, simple, simple thing, um, that, uh, I think can be such a great start towards somebody becoming better. So thank you for that. What are you, uh, where are you spending time improving right now? Oh, shit. I mean, so many areas, man, but, uh, for me, it's uh, it's really um, just taking taking account of my inner boy, you know, the little boy in me that you know is scared of certain things, and and you know the the way it's expressed is through my ego and doing you know doing things that are not in full congruence with who I declare myself to be to myself. Um, so that's very esoteric and heady, but I guess in a in a um, a specific way is just like just working on checking myself a lot and humbling myself and reminding myself that I am worthy and that I am capable and that I am um, gifted, you know, because I, I, I have I have just like we all do to varying degrees is, you know, uh, moments of self-limiting beliefs, you know, moments of, of hardship, moments of uncertainty. Um, you know, I think we can all relate with that no matter what you know, uh, our skin color is no matter what our gender is, our, uh, political views, this, that, and the other. And so like, that's, that's a big one for me is just reminding myself that, that I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. And, you know, that I'm, I'm here of service and, and first I must serve myself. And so that's just really humbling and checking my ego and, uh, and also then meeting, meeting it with softness and, you know, leaning into that, that feminine essence as well and, and being, you know, light and easy on myself. You know? So just, uh, balancing those polarities. The, um, I think balancing those polarities is something I, I, I deal with on a regular basis mm -hmm. where it's, uh, so extreme wanting to serve uh, as many people as I can. And the other extreme is uh, the uh, and, and to serving to the point where it's like exhaustion, diminishing return. Mm -hmm. Flip side of that is uh, the narcissistic uh, in, in all of us just a little bit that's uh, self-serving mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, nobody else exists. And, you know, how do you how do you not go to one extreme uh, too deeply while taking care of yourself as an individual and also you know, deeply devoting your life towards making others' lives better. If you figure that one out for me, give me give me a shout because I uh, so, something I want to be constantly working yeah, on. Well, it's it's the artistry of your way, right? It's an art. It's an art form. It's an art form to create harmony and balance. It takes unbelievable gifts to be able to come back to homeostasis. I mean, look at, you know, all the things. Of course, there's a natural tendency within us uh, that our ego drives us to, you know, self-serving uh, ways of being, which we have been told that is a bad thing. It's only bad 
unless you're being harmed or someone else is being harmed. But it's the thing also that keeps us driven. And so it's about trying to balance and check that and constantly humble yourself and make sure that you're being sweet to yourself as well. Because I can guarantee just like myself, I'm sure you're also your own harshest critic. And we all are, right? We are, we all are our own harshest critics. And so we also have to be, you know, our biggest allies as well. It's so true. It's uh, in one sense, you know, as a, as, as somebody like somebody who's driven and it's, it's, I want to do better. And so, you know, how do you go from, how do you go from being a appropriate sort of kick in the ass and you need to improve yourself to also uh, not that equally going to the extreme of, you know, as you mentioned, being the harshest critic in the room. And that one, that one in and of itself is something I, 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 struggle with and it's funny we are talking about that now i've got a coach that i was addressing that same exact thing uh with today and it's something that i'm i'm actively putting a lot of energy towards uh towards improving that mentality i love it i love it and it's a it's a great thing to do because it's it's again it's about creating balance between your energetic frequencies that are in you because every human being has both masculine and feminine essence in them. You know, it doesn't matter what your gender, what your orientation, what your religion, what your, it's just what it is. It's yin and yang, it's masculine and feminine. And so it's, it's leaning into expressions of those things are the, the, is basically what it is that allows someone to come back into harmony and balance. And that's a lot about what my pain to power program is about is, giving people expressions of the masculine feminine to balance themselves out so that they can still be that driven, you know, accomplishing individual, but it's no longer for the outcome, whether validation from self or from other, but it's about really leaning into and enjoying the process of everything that you're doing, even, even doing the, you know, living into the parts of yourself that you're wanting to embody. That's, that's a cool thing. Um, for you now, what's uh, what's driving you to get out of bed in the morning? Oh man, I mean, just another softball. Question. Yeah, yeah, just uh, man, just to touch people deeply. You know, like I want to be a presence for people where people are just so so moved to their own empowerment just by how just by being able to hold space for them or give a word or give a presence. Um, like that's that's what gets me up out of day is to just is to do that. And then it's to do that for myself, you know, constantly to, to love on myself and not love on myself in a, you know, narcissistic, you know, over self-serving way, but like, Hey, we deserve it. We deserve that, that, that caring love, that mother nurturing love. Um, and, uh, we can be that for ourselves. So, you know, I do that for myself so that I can get up out of bed and be deeply present with people and, and drop into my gifts and to serve however the moment, um, asks for. That's a, it's a special thing. And it's a beautiful word too. Um, Savvy, for people that want to uh, follow along with what you got going on, for people that want to learn more about the program, for people that want to maybe do the program, what is the best way for them to get in touch with the man, Savvy? Uh, I mean, you know, all the usual things. It's uh, you know, social media. Um, so the uh, inst my Instagram handle is Sevi Mangrum. It's S-E-V-E-M-A-N-G-R-U-M. -E -E uh, that's always a good place to tune in. And uh my website is evokai health, E V O K I H E A L T H 
uh, com. Um, that's that's going to be going through a rehaul. There's a, a big a big rebranding and shifting that's going to be uh, is already underway for myself. Um, but uh, those are some good touch points for sure. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Sevi, this has been amazing. I feel uh, I feel both calm and inspired by this conversation. So thank mm-hmm. you. Beautiful to hear that, man. And same goes for me. I mean, just, you know, witnessing and seeing, you know, another man step up and live into the parts of himself that he knows need to be brought to the surface, you know, by way of your coaching, by having a therapist, like it's beautiful, man. I mean, there's not a lot of, I mean, I'm not just speaking just to men, but because you are a man, that is what you're doing. And we need more of that. We need more healing in this world. We need more healed men. We need more healed women. We need more healed collective conscience. And so, um, you know, I commend you for doing it, man. So thank you for what you do. And uh, it's an inspiration uh, and motivation and it touches me. So thank you. Well, thank you for making my day and my week too. So that's, uh, that's awesome, man. Well, seriously, uh, this has been, this has been great. Sevi, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Mm, it's an honor, brother. I thank you. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su- subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.